Hi, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jarek Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On today's episode, I'm talking to Koi Vin. Koi is currently principal designer at Adobe and writes frequently on his blog, Subtraction.com. He previously worked at Wildcard, co-founded Mixel, and was the design director for the New York Times website. Back in August, I visited Koi at the Adobe offices in New York City, and we talk about how he started blogging and how Subtraction has helped his career in design practice. We also talked about the value of design criticism and the need for a richer discourse around digital design, looking at other fields like architecture and film for inspiration and connecting it to history and looking at kind of a wider cultural context. Koi's blog, Subtraction, was one of the first blogs I started reading when I got into design 12 years ago. So this was a fun episode that really covers a lot of topics in a short amount of time and brings a sort of different perspective to design writing, especially around digital product design that is a subject that we don't really get to talk about a lot on this podcast. So it was a true pleasure to get to talk to Koi and hear his perspective on these things. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Koi Vin. As I was just telling you, I kind of came to design and blogs were this kind of like fundamental piece in my design education and subtraction was one of like the very earliest blogs that I read. And so I thought that would be a kind of good place to start of kind of why you started that site and kind of what, what were you thinking at the time? Where were you in your career? What kind of outlet was that? Sure. Um, well, I had registered the domain a long time ago, um, like 1996 or something. Oh, wow. 20 years ago. I can't wow. believe it. Um, I was even, at that, even at that time, I was surprised that it was available. Yeah. Um, and that was well before blogs. So for a few years, I used it as a portfolio site or, or a place to just throw up like um, you know, ideas that I thought were interesting or to play with design. There, yeah. there was a period there where for personal websites were really kind of like like oh, a personal right. gallery space. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when blogging software came along, I was like, oh, this is a great way to to post regularly, to like a, a tool to make it easier to, to publish online. Um, and then that sort of led me into, and I, tr- it sort of led me into writing more and more. I mean, I tried to write briefly, but I just found myself writing more and more. And I've always been a writer. I've always been, um, like, you know, interested in writing. And all of a sudden I found that I had this platform to do it. Right. That was something I wanted to ask is if you had done much writing before kind of blogging came along or how that... Well, I went to art school to study, you know, painting, illustration, and eventually design. And I had always sort of been on a trajectory like this one, but there was a, there was a moment in time when I was at school when I thought maybe what I'll do is write instead because I really enjoy oh, really? writing. writing. Um, and I still do really enjoy writing. Um, so, I mean, the reason I, I started blogging was, you know, blogging software made it possible, but right. more to the point, it allowed me to do something that I enjoy. Yeah. And was it, 
were you thinking about like writing about design and the things that you were working on kind of very early or where did that kind of, I, you know, it was a natural outlet. It was how you were spending your days. Of course, you were right about it. Or kind of where did that originate? Well, in the very beginning, I was just posting links to things that I found interesting online. Like oh, okay. everybody did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were, the, the links that I selected or curated were naturally design-oriented. Right, okay. And from there it seemed natural to comment on them. And then from from adding commentary, it just seemed natural to right. Right. explore ideas in somewhat greater depth. Yeah. Do you... Um, I think it's interesting that there are not many people that have kind of kept up that consistent kind of writing practice like you have. Mm -hmm. How has that... How does that kind of fit into what you you kind of do as your job or like how, how do you make time for that? Why do you make time? That's a great question. I mean, there are a few reasons why I continue to do it. Um, you know, the, the simplest to understand reason is it's been a great asset to my career. Like yeah. it's been a great way to become known and to meet other people and to, understand ideas about design better like the process yeah. of writing and essentially engaging in a conversation with readership really helps me understand it, it's a great way to communicate with an audience and build an yeah. audience and at another level i write because i just generally genuinely enjoy writing and enjoy the process of figuring out my ideas yeah now, it's really hard to continue writing and do it alongside having a job and a family and yeah. other projects. So one of the things I realized a long time ago is that, I mean, we're calling it writing, but blogging is not really writing. It's not really yeah, yeah. the same as writing anyway, at least the way I do it. It's okay. Like, there's a certain superficiality to the way I write as much as I, I try to make you know the longer pieces that I write like really thoughtful and substantive you know I'll never I, I will rarely ever be able to put more than you know 60 or 90 minutes into a post and that's just okay. not that's just not enough time to really write. That, that was something I wanted to ask is if you do you kind of write and do you like sit on them and edit them to make sure or do you like you have a list yeah. of things you want to write about. You sit down, you write one, it's posted. It's it's not really... The way I write is not really stream of consciousness. Okay. And it's not really like a, like a properly edited... Okay. You know, like heavily versioned... Yeah, so somewhere... It's somewhere on that spectrum, but probably closer to stream of consciousness. <laughs> okay. So... I will rarely like make a bunch of notes and... Draft an outline and sit down and okay, interesting. And, um, and write quote unquote properly. Yeah. A, a lot of times the process is most of the time the process is I get an idea for a post, I'll turn it over in my head for sometimes a few hours, sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks or months. Yeah. Even. 
and I'll kind of like rehearse like key lines in my head. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then when either I've gotten to a point where I, I kind of have a good idea of what I'm going to say uh-huh. or it's time to write a blog post, I don't have anything else to write. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day and I'll just, I'll just start writing it down. And I more or less start at the top and finish at the bottom. Oh, wow. And then at the end of that quote-unquote first draft, I will start a process of rereading everything and making edits and co- copying and pasting and moving things around. Yeah. And I'll do that. It's hard to say how many times. But I'll probably do that like a half a dozen times. Oh, interesting. And okay. then when I – and then sometimes I will then leave it and then like go to a meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing that, okay – yeah. It's the pr- the principle of walking away from right. your work right. and coming back with relatively fresh eyes. That's interesting. So do you write? That's that's interesting on on a couple different levels. One, it's actually similar to kind of how I feel like the the writing that I do is where I'll I'll sit with it for a while and I can't. I found that I cannot sit down and actually type it out until I know what the first sentence is going to be. Uh, yeah. I know the kind of rhythm of that sentence. I know yeah. how I want to start it, and then from there I can do it but I have to sit with it that, for a while yeah that's not dissimilar for me like uh, sometimes I know what I'm going to write about and maybe I'll know some key points that will show up later in the yeah in the post but I get stuck on that first sentence and I'll spend the majority of the writing time like yeah. trying to hammer out that yeah. first maybe the first one or two sentences yeah you know? do you do you write every day no I mean some days I will try to get by with just what's essentially like a glorified like link. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is a cool thing, and yeah. it's interesting because of this or that. Um, and I'll I'll try to make that as as substantial as I as I can. But it's really about like con- continuing to, to sort of feed this machine or this right. this beast, so that um, you know I'm, I don't totally lose my audience by the time I'm ready to write something. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. How uh, let me think how to phrase this. How how has that kind of process and that habit of writing has that had any influence on your work as a designer, or like how you even think about design and your design process? Yeah, it certainly has. It's it's less the act of writing that has influenced my my process, but and more like the actual ideas that. I entertain while I write. So okay, yeah, it's it's not really a, it's not really about because I'm a blogger then I write in this way or I, I design in this way. Right. It's more about because I'm a blogger, I've been exposed to certain ideas, and because of those ideas, then I oh, interesting I design in, yeah in a certain way. How I'm curious how social media has changed how you think about I. This is going to set up a couple other questions sure. after, but I, I, I think it's interesting that you make a distinction between writing and blogging. And so I'm curious then kind of how social media and things like Twitter and that kind of like instant mm-hmm. publishing, how has that changed blogging and then specifically kind of your, the way you approach what you write on subtraction versus what, what is just a link on Twitter? Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of threads in that question yeah yeah i know i'm sorry it's okay yeah i mean social media has definitely changed blogging because blogging came along before social media and a lot of what people were trying to do with blogging 
became redundant when social media right. came out. Right. Um, so, I mean, if you're asking how social media has changed the way I blog, yeah, like, it it's definitely changed the way I blog. I mean, sometimes I I I blog in order to sustain the audience. Okay. Um, and sometimes I blog like purely because that's what I want to write about. Right. And right. So it's actually, I kind of have this schizophrenic relationship with social media because sometimes like my stated goal for continuing to blog is just to have a place that I can write. At the same time, I also like, I benefit from the audience and so like I need to sustain the audience. Right. And some days I'm like, well, nobody's going to be interested in this, but I just want to write it, so I'm just going to write it. Yeah. And then some days I'm like, well, I got to find something that people are going right. to want to read. Right. And, I mean, it's interesting too because I was I was actually thinking about it when I was on my way over here of how diverse your subjects can yeah. be, and just like in this last week, you like wrote essentially a review of like a Wi-Fi yeah system, and then you know Jason Bourne yeah um, <laughs> with the same type of like uh, interest. In both of them, which I think is is kind of cool, and I feel like not many people do that. They, I, I think people yeah, anymore. Yeah. I think is yeah. key. I think people used to like yeah. a blog used to be like your Facebook page where yeah. you just throw yeah. up the stuff that you like. Yeah, and I kind of still really like that idea yeah, where so it's a, a social. Yeah. It's it's a social space, but it's also a personal space. It's sort of like um, you know, like a teenager's room. It's like right. all right. the random stuff you like. It's like. You know, it's like a, a, a sports team and like a, a poster from like a gallery show or something, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. I want to I talk a little bit about design criticism. Um, you've, you've written a couple posts recently kind of about that. Um, the two that I'm thinking of are the one kind of related to the Met redesign and needing kind of a more critical mm -hmm. discourse around that. And then um, your other one, which I thought was really interesting, was kind of questions to ask yourself when you're reading about design mm -hmm. um and i'm i'm interested in kind of how you think about quote-unquote design criticism and it, the need for it mm -hmm. in the profession well i think that this state of design criticism sort of reflects the um sort of like junior varsity um, status of design as an art form <laughs> in, in culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, meaning, you know, right. there's, there's no, you know, there's no, there's very little serious, thoughtful analysis, writing and, and coverage of what we think of as graphic design or product design or yeah. you know, what have you. Yeah. Um, Almost all of it is um, is written by people who do design yeah, or yeah, practitioners yeah, yeah. as well, right? And as a result, it's that stuff is inherently compromised. Yeah. Um, and that's what the post about like questions to ask yourself when reading like any anything, yeah, anything yeah. about design um, is, and I, I don't think I, I think within the design community there's very little like. Um, sort of 
um, sort of critical appraisal of yeah. what's, what gets published on yeah. Medium, particularly. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, there's almost like a stereotypical Medium post yeah. from kind of the Silicon Valley product designer that yeah. kind of masquerades as criticism a little bit, right. but it's also, here's this thing that we yeah. worked on. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that, that's definitely a trope on Medium. And there's yeah. also... There's probably only a, a few kinds of design articles that are written really today. There's like an article about like how to do something. Right. Like yeah. here are the tips and tricks. There's an article about like here's the way designers can work better in an organization oh, right. managing right. designers. Right. Um, I don't know. There might be yeah. a third one. Yeah. I can't think of it at the that, moment. No, but there aren't, there aren't many. Yeah. Do you are, do you think this writing, that, that, that type of kind of critical writing that you're talking about is that do you want that for kind of the design profession for for designers to be talking about this stuff or are you thinking about this as for the audience of these products um like is there a need in, in the people who yeah. use a, a product or to encounter a design to kind of understand criticism of it i think if for both i, I think they're of the same piece i think if if the profession isn't talking about design in a serious way, like nobody else will take. Yeah, design yeah, 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 yeah. And currently, yeah. most of what gets written about design is it's not serious. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, of course, it's serious in that it's trying to take into account real world circumstances and and being serious about its charge, which is to 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 um, you know help businesses succeed. Right. But it's not serious in that, like, what does this mean in the larger picture for what we do, how we do it, why we do it, and mm -hmm. also for for the people who consume it. Like, yeah. you know, like, what does it what does it mean to you know be in this world now where everything is being is quite reductive and and looks very similar and it's being pushed, you know, out like um into a kind of a monoculture like right. all over the world like so i mean that's stuff that we never think about or talk yeah. about and it's not the kind of stuff that people generally are attracted to like in you know in the um it, if you're talking in terms of, of traffic and yes yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it you know it's interesting too because i think kind of one of the one of the like sub goals of what I hope for this project is is to kind of figure out new kind of deeper ways to talk about design for designers but with the hope that that then kind of permeates out to the to the users and yeah. and the audience because there's I th this has come up in a in a bunch of the interviews that I've done that there's more people talking about design design mm -hmm. than ever mm -hmm. um but not at a depth uh, which I think is interesting, and, and I think a lot of that is from social media and from that kind of like yeah. quick, quick reaction. Um, and so, I'm in in your piece about the Met. You kind of talked about this idea of like, and you just touched on it now. This kind of like the designer who's also the critic. How do you how do you see that relationship, and is that kind of possible to? Because um, because in your piece you talked about like. How is it self-serving to the designer? But then also, how do you critique your colleague, you know, essentially colleagues or social yeah. friends? Because this is a kind of small community. Like, how? how I don't know. That's well, a lot of questions. But yeah, I, I, I think it's. I mean, the fact that that 
designers are, are writing, I think, is great. And yeah. I don't think there's that's something that shouldn't happen. But the idea that um, that the the discourse is completely um, uh, you know participation in discourse completely comes from people who are, are making money off of doing design right. is just means that the, the conversation is going to be inherently constrained to a certain, certain range of possible, um, possible expressions. Yeah. Um, if, or it's just completely com compromised. Right. right? So, That's interesting. Um, so, I definitely think designers should, should keep writing and, and keep, you know, being sort of publicly thoughtful about their work. But, you know, if you talk about an institution like the Met, which is really important to yeah. a lot of people, um, regardless of whether or not they're, they acknowledge it or even are aware of it, like if you were to change, if you were to change the architecture of the building, that would have serious ramifications right. for the way people experience the contents of the building or, or the... The mission yeah. of the organization. Uh, if if you change up the yeah. the l logo or the branding or the way the the organization communicates to its public and to the world, that has ramifications too. Right. But if you look at the at the 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 way that logo the reception. I mean, I'm not talking about whether people liked it or hated. I'm just talking about like the level at which they, they yeah. debated it. Yeah. It just wasn't satisfying and does, it wasn't really right. big picture yeah but do you do you think that kind of like critical discourse around design is possible and, and i know that sounds like a very kind of pessimistic view I, I i do think that it is but i don't know kind of how to get there i do think it's i do think it's possible and part of it you know needs to come I mean, I think a few things need to happen. I think um, designers, like the current design discourse is very insular. Yeah. It's like all about um, like technique. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like managerial or, you know, yeah. operational things. Yeah. Um, design has traditionally been done a poor job of communicating its re relevance. I mean, a lot of times like designers talking to designers right, or people who are already keyed into design. Yeah. Um, so I think de design needs to focus a lot on being more relevant, like, and, and being less, less invisible. Like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like when, when a um, when an app gets redesigned, like when Facebook changes yeah. something, yeah. there are people are interested in it, but like like the design, the, the discussion never really, really um, fully expands upon like why that's important to people and like what the bigger right. trends are right. and like what what are the tools or the the building blocks that that are, yeah. are, you know, um, that, that, that the designers are working with that, to make these kinds of changes. Um, you know, and the model is, you know, architecture, right? right. Like architecture, right. you know, there, there's serious 
thought study, but you know, th there's a focus too on like um, explaining like why this stuff matters. To people. Right. Right. Um, and another thing that needs to happen is like we just need to have um, a platform or a publication that that takes it seriously that that takes a, a leap of faith and says okay like there's enough people out there who are exposed to this stuff and think you know we think that it matters and we need to have we, we need to entertain the idea that the, that this discussion will be valuable to people right um, and you know you have a, a few people like Steve Heller you mentioned you, you talked yeah. to him like he's he's got a column at the Atlantic and he yeah. writes about this kind of stuff and that's great, but it's just not enough people, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, it's in, and I, I talked to uh, Alexandra Lang, who's an architecture critic and has written, mm -hmm. you know, New Yorker, New York Times, and, and I talked to her a little bit about how historically there have been architecture critics at these major publications, and even that's kind of yeah harder to do, and just the economics of criticism is so fraud yeah, right now that's true yeah um which just kind of like kind of criticism yeah. yeah makes it kind of so much more interesting yeah um i just want to kind of wrap up with a few kind of quick questions um i think it's interesting that you work your job now is primarily in the digital space and i'm wondering if if the way you think about kind of criticism of strictly digital design or product design um, what's lacking there? Are there kind of topics or issues that kind of need to be talked about in these kind of like more emerging fields of design that just yeah. haven't been discussed? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, people talk about product design as if it just appeared out of thin air and there were like no historical yeah. precedents. And so, um, you know, I mean, when you critique when you critique a, a new operating system design or even like a new app design, like the, the frame of reference only goes back about 18 months. Right, right, you know? right. So, so history is a, is a huge thing. Um, like a focus on the users and not just like their, you know, their, the user flow, you know, but right. also like what the impact is on their life. Like, you know, when you say like people can't use this new feature, like, what does that what does that really mean to oh, their yeah. quality quality of life for like the way they think about the world in general like we, we get these we get something like this thinking when when products get really enormous and yeah. at at great scale like um like facebook and and twitter yeah um but another thing is like sometimes like like less glamorous products have big impact to a big influence and we never we never get to talk yeah, about that yeah yeah i mean i just you saying that even made me think about the like a couple years ago the flat versus skeuomorphic mm -hmm. kind of discussion and it, i don't know that frustrated me in a lot of ways because it felt very just kind of superficial and and wasn't actually talking about kind of the underlying issues yeah. about why apps should look a certain yeah. way and then right. how that influences kind of how you interact with them. Yeah. Um, and like I, maybe I'm not kind of looking in the right place, but I still feel like there's not really a kind of discussion about, yeah. like you were saying, like user flows and actual interaction models. And, right. And yeah, like flat versus skeuomorphic, I think was a, a perfect example. I mean, people talked about it primarily as like, um, 
um, like a moment in time when yeah. a certain kind of aesthetic change was happening. But you know, if you looked over like the the bigger picture, it's like it was really I mean, there are a lot of really interesting ideas there. One of them, which is like you know we we've been on a progression where our screens were getting higher and higher resolution, more and more color, more and more pixels, yeah. and with each leap forward in in sort of fidelity our operating systems got more baroque and more detailed and more you know elaborate to until we got to a point where like you know iOS 7 or a little bit later like material design whatever came yeah. along and all of a sudden you know even though you had all this resolution all of a sudden things got simpler than ever before and it's sort of like to me that's really interesting that's sort of like some kind of interesting inflection yeah. point in yeah. the way we think about aesthetics and computing together but that's not really what people talked about at all. Right. They talked about usability, you know, they talked yeah. about, about like user flow and this and that. It, it, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it. there. There is an interesting gap there where it was kind of like the designers were talking about the kind of aesthetics of it and then like the tech writers and The Verge and things like mm -hmm. that were talking about kind of like the technical aspects of it. Yeah. But there is that kind of yeah. gap, which is yeah. Yeah. interesting. I mean, the, talking about like user flow and usability and, and performance. I mean, I see that a lot in product design as like the um, the the stand-in for like true substance. I mean, it's it's like it that is what stands in for 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 real relevance. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's relevant. It's important for sure. I mean, that's a that's yeah. a large part of talking about architecture. It's like can people move through this right, building? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What they they want, but there's also it's it's not the full picture at all. I mean, there's there's a lot of other things to, to consider. This is, that makes me think of like another question that might be kind of a hard question to, to answer. And I don't even know if I like have it fully formed, but kind of I'm thinking about how you would critique or write about with substance uh, an app, like very holistically and putting it in kind of like a historical context yeah. and kind of the visuals, but also kind of like the, the user flow is, how would you even begin or how would, would someone begin to kind of look at at uh, that type of yeah. interface holistically? Is it something? Well, I mean, I think a few things you would, you would need to be, you would need to have the time to sit down and write yeah, about that. Yeah. You would, you would need to be in a position where you could write freely with, without, you know, compromising your right. income. Um, but you would, right. you would, yeah. you would, sit and think about like you know like snapchat like like who are these users i mean not just demographically but like what what is the the essence of what they do it's like this this idea the this temporal idea or yeah. uh, I mean, this idea of like sharing temporally or 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 security or or privacy or whatever and, and what does it say you know about yeah. like their their character or or where we are in in you know the the arc of like society, yeah. Yeah. not just social, you know. And then, how does that manifest itself in the interface and and in like the design of it? Like, what does it yeah. say? Like, you know, the way like I'm a big movie fan, obviously. And sometimes, yeah. like, you can you can look at a movie and and you can see that it has it tells it regardless of what the story tells tells you. It, it also has like a particular sort of like um yeah. Uh, yeah yeah flavor or view on the world right? right that's that's might be cynical or might be really optimistic or might be really you know 
conflicted or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever the adjective is and that's what you would try to draw out of an app and yeah. really understand like what what it's um what's really motivating it like at a deeper level that's you know it's interesting i hadn't made that connection before i talked to rob gianpietro who, who's running material design now and, and i was saying how I, I was kind of telling him how i thought material design was this interesting kind of almost like creating a specific kind of design culture. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he was saying kind of how important it is to look at this stuff in the larger cultural context because these apps are are creating a culture of their own, but they're also emerging yeah. in a wider culture and how those things kind of interact with each other. Um, I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's interesting. I hadn't kind of fully connected all that until you were just kind of saying that. Yeah. Um, just kind of last question to wrap it up, um, just kind of bring it back to subtraction. What do you have any kind of like, <laughs> this is going to sound such like a formal question, but do you have like goals or ambitions with your writing or is this kind of purely just, uh, you love to do it? I, uh, well, I just came back from vacation. Like I was, we were in Europe for almost a month and oh, I didn't, nice. I, I think I posted like once or twice from there. Yeah. And I felt, I, well, on this break from blogging, I was like, wow, it's really nice not to have to think about blogging. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll just stop. Really? Yeah. Like that was a thought that you had? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe I'll just stop. And then I got back and I and then I sat down at my desk. It's like, oh, well, there's just a couple of things I want to say. And I just sort of, I guess, it's almost compulsive. I just like, just started doing it again. Yeah. Like, and even, even when I was entertaining the idea of stopping, it's like, well, I mean, I knew that I would always want some kind of place just to, like, to put something online. Yeah. And I have never been satisfied with, it, with the idea of, of putting it on, like, a, somebody else's site. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I guess I'm, I come from this, or I, I, I have this hang-up about, like, wanting to control the, the space yeah, and yeah. present it in the way yeah. that I want to present it. I think, I may have actually gotten this quote from you, uh, the John Gruber quote of like wanting to own every pixel on his site, which is yeah. why he like doesn't have comments or anything like that, or yeah, he's like right. it's not on medium. Like he wants yeah. to control all of that. Yeah. I don't think that was for me, but that's that's a that's yeah. a good summary of like my yeah. approach. Yeah. Just kind of to wrap it up now. Um, do you consider subtraction a kind of forum for design criticism? Like, do you think of what you do as criticism? That's, I don't know, it's a tricky question. I, it's <laughs> certainly not, like, it's certainly not the level of criticism that I think needs to be out there. Okay. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't hold up what I, I do as... Yeah, and I didn't uh, mean to ask that question to, like, no. set up. I didn't, I didn't want that to sound like you were talking about this kind of criticism and then to make it sound like you were oh, yeah. <laughs> saying that you are yeah. achieving that. Um, I mean, I... But, like, do you aspire, I guess, do you aspire for yourself to that kind of level of discourse and writing that you want to see do you have any ambition yeah to do that? Uh, yeah i certainly yeah i mean given given the time mostly i yeah. certainly would be able to like to, to write like like what right. i sort of picture in my head as being like the right kind of criticism like yeah. i i also look at apps and say oh i could sit down and like write something really interesting about yeah. this like you know there would be like a thousand you know two thousand words or something yeah but I just, it takes a lot of effort, but it also takes a lot of effort and a lot of time, but also really just takes like devoting yourself to this craft because it's a, it's, it's a muscle that you have to, yeah. uh, to build up. And like, I, I don't, I haven't 
I haven't really like built up that muscle beyond certain like level, right? Beyond right. certain yeah. certain like, like like my level of serious criticism is more like an enthusiast level than like right. a, like yeah. a true like like critics level. I would right. say. Yeah. Well, I think you know I. I, I appreciate, I think, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short. I think there is like an enthusiasm, Thanks. but I think there's also, there is more of a depth than is found in a lot of other places. And I think with as many kind of projects that you're doing and having a family and yeah. a job and all these other side things, the fact that you've sustained subtraction regularly for this long is, um, is an accomplishment, and I, I, I know I've gotten a lot from it, like, in my design education, so I appreciate you kind of chatting with me here and for kind of your, your writing. Thanks, actually, I really, I mean, I genuinely appreciate that, because, like, a lot of times I just sort of feel like, what am I actually doing this yeah, for? Yeah, there are, I, I've talked to a couple people who have said, you know, I do this writing, but I don't know if anyone actually reads it. Yeah. I don't know how much value it has. So yeah. this is a very common thing. Yeah, but I, I appreciate it, and, yeah. and thank you very much. Sure. And yeah. I thought this was yeah. great. Thanks Thank for yeah, talking really, really fun. This episode was recorded on August 5th, 2016 in New York City. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter at Surface Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening. <laughs>